0: If I were a painter, I will be a multi-color painter.
1: For any artist, finding the right medium to present their ideas can be just as important as the ideas themselves. For the pianist and big band leader Toshiko Akiyoshi, her musical exploration has spanned two continents in nearly seven decades. She first discovered jazz as a teenager in post-World War II Japan. She then moved to the United States to study at the Berklee School of Music in Boston. And in the 1970s, along with her husband and collaborator Liu Tobakin, Akiyoshi put together a rehearsal group to play her compositions, and in the process, helped to revitalize the big band's sound. She discusses her journey in this 2003 interview with Ave Kurio. I'm Alexa Lim, and this is Jazz Stories with Toshiko Akiyoshi.
0: It's called downing province today, it's a part of China, it's just old Manchuria, I was born there and raised up to 15 years old because my father had a business there. After World War II, came back to Japan, my parents lost all assets. I started playing piano when I was six years old and I always liked to play the piano, I still do. And when I came back to Japan, my parents could not uh, afford to give me a piano. And uh, then a jazz record collector, Japanese. He noticed my playing and he invited me to his home to listen to a record. That is the Teddy Wilson's record. He actually later on, he gave me the Bronze uh, That was 1946. So, I have never heard jazz before. Then I thought, well, I would love to play just like that. Yeah. So, that's, that's the beginning and uh, one led to another and here I am.
1: I mean, it's amazing, really. I mean, mm-hmm. you're playing a music that is so much identified with the American um, style, and it was right after the World War II. Were you, were there, was there some anger? Like, did it feel strange to be playing in American clubs? Right?
0: I never, I never felt anything like that. Uh-huh. You know, I think as people are, I never had any experience over air raid uh, things like that. also. Because, because of that, I wasn't in Japan. And in Manchuria, I didn't have any, uh, the kind of air it had in Japan. I think it's just all the people who, maybe older people, maybe they are lost their son, so on and during the war, they might have this, this something that uh, I think is the same as in America, they lost their son or daughter or whatever and they probably didn't have a very good feeling towards Japan for a long time. When you have some experience like that, I, I can understand it. I was so much into music, I never thought about it. So
1: you were just
0: obsessed with the music? Yes, I think a, the fact is my parents lost all the assets. Uh, if I didn't have something really into my case was uh, piano, then jazz, piano. I think it would have been very difficult to uh, find the meaning of maybe uh, life or what have you. I think that's why I always tell the young people to f- find something they really like. The world is not exactly a happy world, and I think it's very difficult. How old were you when you first I started? was 15. Oh, well, no, I started playing when I was 16. So 16, 16 yeah. What was it that- I think because of his piano playing, the clarity, you know, Terry Wilson was the play was so clean, and uh, his scale—it's it's all the piano player that you very uh, seldom use the pedal. So all the scale came out very nice and clean, very reasonable. Um, I think that caught my. And of course, this improvisation is something that I never even new, and from that I start to copy everybody's solo, trying to play. Uh, I think, suppose if I, the first introduction to uh, jazz was someone like a Athenius Monk, I don't think Monk was, uh, the recorder wasn't there yet, I'm sure, but uh, suppose, this hypothetically, I'm not quite sure if I would uh, like to immediately, because it's too abstract for my, uh, Classically trained, yeah. So I think that's another thing. So, you know, the, the television was a very good uh, introduction to yeah. jazz at that time.
1: You say one thing happened after another, but that's, that's, there's still some missing pieces. So you were starting to play jazz, and
0: well, you were in Japan it's, yeah. and... the right after the war was ended, there was many uh, dance halls for the American and for the Japanese. So it needed a lot of musicians. So consequently, uh, if you can play a little bit, you could've got a job. So what that means It mean is you don't have to get better. So uh, you really have to be motivated. So I just tried to get better at it, and then the people noticed I got better job or or so on. So from one place to another, moved to Tokyo. And in 1952, I formed my own group because I was kind of, uh, you know, those days, it's only dance hall, you have to play dance music, which I really didn't want it to do at that time. So I decided to have my own group, a quartet, and go places like a, a service club and an American camp, where you can play just the jazz, because it's mostly listening. And in 1953, uh, Oscar Peterson, it was among the uh, Norman Grant's uh, Jazz at the Harmonic came to Japan. And somebody brought him to where I was playing. And so he recommended Norman to uh, record me. That was my first record in 1953, came out here. And because of that record, the Berkeley School, it was a small school, they decided I'd be a very good uh, candidate for... Uh, PR, and so I, I received a full scholarship, and it was, you know, those was in 1956, you can't come unless you have uh, permission from school, uh, they used to call visa, uh, F form visa, student visa. That's how I came here, and I thought maybe after a couple of years or three years, I'll go home, and whatever I learned, I will be, uh, I can Uh, teach to my fellow musician but when I finished the school I realized I didn't really learn much I said oh boy I don't think I can go home so uh, I stayed (laughs) I moved to New York in 1959, winter. I was barely paying a rent. So I always pushed from very beginning to be a leader. The only time I was with somebody else it was Charles Mingus much later, in the It took me, yeah, 66 I planned to have a town hall concert because no one noticed me. I mean, I got a job and then I wasn't a bad player, but really my career didn't you know, take off, so to speak. So so maybe I will have a concert. See, maybe somebody might know this. So I decided to do solo and have a trio. Then a half of a concert, maybe have a big band. Maybe I write for the big band. And uh, that's the first time I wrote for big band five tunes. On the first rehearsal, I felt that's, that's what I like to do. And then after finish concert, I had a very good review from New York Times, John Wilson at that time, and then a very good writer from Downbeats. But my life did change, so that was that. So I was there, at 10th Street, and then there's a Clark Terry's band. It was every weekend they were playing at the half note, old half note. And uh, there's a regular pianist was uh, Don Friedman. And he got the job in Queens somewhere, so it's kind of regular. So, so the manager, he called me to a uh, sub So I took job, I went to there, and half note. And all half note, it was a band stand on top of the bar, and uh, kind of two separated rhythm section, this side of the room, and the horn section on the other side of the room. And first tune, it was a blues and a D flat and um, piano has to go, then the clock plays, and after that, it was a tenor player came out. And I thought, boy, this tenor player, it's, it's kind of interesting. It's a sound that coming out from, a, clearly it was a tradition from a Lucky Sampson, Dunbar's Dutch family, but he was, it was a playing kind of mixed up between Cochran and Sonny Rollin. <laughs> I think he was about 26 or so, could be 26, 27. Anyway, so that's how I met him.
1: That tenor player was Lou Tabacca. Lou and Toshiko were married in 1972, and then they moved to Los Angeles, where Lou played in the Tonight Show band. One year later, in 1973, they formed a rehearsal big band as an outlet for Toshiko's writing. Now you have to remember, 1973 was dominated by Cecil Taylor's Free Jazz Piano and Miles Davis's Electric Groups, so listeners weren't exactly clamoring for big band albums. But Toshiko's post-swing sensibilities Japanese influences and colorful arrangements updated the sound and redefined the possibilities of a big band. You can hear a live performance of Toshiko Akiyoshi and her big band on Jazz at Lincoln Center Radio at JALC.org. And you can find all of our jazz stories on iTunes. For Jazz Stories, I'm Alexa Lim. This episode of Jazz Stories was produced at Murray Street by me with David Gorin, Orla King, and Stephen Rath. Support comes from Jazz at Lincoln Center, so consider becoming a member. You can find complete information at JALC.org.